Jonah, we're back. We are back. And they said we, we wouldn't. wouldn't last. Yep. Mm-hmm. I know. <laughs> I'll say it every time. Yep. All right, guys, this is Sports, of course, with Jonah and RPF. Number nine, episode number nine. Yeah. <laughs> Jonah, this is a very special episode, but before we do that, let's talk about where we are and how they can find us. Again, this podcast is available by going to yagibox.com, by going to YouTube. We're on YouTube. We're actually a video. That, that is so scary. That's so great, though. I think it's so kind of good. If you go on YouTube to Yagi Box, you can see us. We also hear us. But um, that's also, we're also on Apple Podcasts and Spotify Podcasts and Podbean and wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You were going to say something. Uh, I was, and then I just decided <laughs> not to. <laughs> Probably best. Probably best. Follow us on Instagram at Sports, of course, with Jonah and RPF, on Twitter at Sports underscore, of course, and on Facebook through the Yagi Box page. Um, Jonah, this is a very special episode of Blossom. They all are. A, a very special episode of, of our podcast because this is going to be the greatest sports TV moments. Yeah. Top five moments from each of us. We don't know each other's list. No, right. But these are moments in sports, not, you know, not some Bulgarian ice hockey game and somewhere. It has to be like that we watched on television that made an indelible mm-hmm. – you know, first of all, there's, so, there's like hundreds of these, right? But mm-hmm. sports, by definition, are these moments. But there's five of them that, for what, whatever reason, resonated with you and with me individually mm-hmm. and to transcend all others mm-hmm. and, and to catapult us to being really, to really having the reason for this podcast, why, why we love sports. Yeah. Right? I, well, I mean, the thing is like, you know, we were just talking about this, uh, you know, off, off air. Um, you know, we said five, but it was like, nearly impossible to to kind of whittle these down That's so, true. That's true uh so if i do kind of jump around a little bit um, you never <laughs> we're so linear in our thinking i don't have any, i don't have any stats for this episode but exactly exactly <laughs> this is but this is true this is actually the one episode we don't have to worry about it's almost like what what seems to be true to us you know what what is our memory of this moment yeah what happened in our why is this so clearly Above the rest, yeah, and, and, and in fact, I have um, I have three uh, that are that are specifically baseball related, and actually, more, two of them are specifically pitcher related. That probably weren't necessarily the greatest moments in sports history, but as a as a pitcher myself, when it happened, I was like, "That's awesome." Half our audience just just tuned out. Well, that was a long, <laughs> that was a long time ago. <laughs> I mean, no, half our audience would be like. A, a good pitching performance? Okay, great. No, no, no. It, it, way more fun than that. We'll get to him in a second, but way more fun than that. Okay, so this is going to... So we'll, we'll jump right in. I think we should do this by number ranking them, number five to number one. Mm. Okay, so I did that. Ooh. So I, I'm going to give you a minute to think about that. Oh, man. So I, I kind of have mine, just so you know, I kind of have mine separated into um, moments that I saw live. Well, that's not, you didn't tell me to do that. I'm, you don't tell me anything. I, I saw the I saw so hang on just okay. stop we have a couple that I saw live that okay. that I remember and then I have a couple that I didn't I didn't necessarily see but it like it's just such great sports history like it's you know it's on every so the topic I actually said <laughs> greatest sports TV moments yeah. are meant to be things you saw things you didn't see or just you saw later they're on TV like you'll get it like, okay all right so then are we doing the ones that you saw live in person also. How many of those do you have? For example. Wait, don't. No, no, no. I'm going to write down mine. Oh, okay. Right. So how many do you have that you saw live in person? Um, I have three down here. Okay. So, so okay. So let me start. I have one. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> I have three. And uh, full disclosure, I'm, I'm usually pretty good at not being a homer, uh, but two of them are Patriots. Mm-hmm. Shocker! <laughs> Ding! You know the, the people who follow our podcast know that every time I mention any team with Miami or the Dolphins or Miami Heat or whatever Miami-related sports teams, Jonah does that sound. So now I'm doing my own version of Ding when he talks about the Patriots because it's like, first of all, I don't know why I sound like Zingbot from Big Brother. <laughs> Zing! Zingbot. Google it, guys. It's funny. All right. Um, so you have three. I have three that I saw live. Why don't you th- tell me the first one slowly as I write down my other two? <laughs> the first no, not, one. Not quite, oh. not quite that slow. All right. Um, 
All right, so I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll do my, my two Patriots ones, and I'll get those out of the way uh, so that we don't have to talk about the Patriots anymore. Okay. Um, and, and, like, listen, this is this is personal to us, right? So, obviously, as, you know, teams that you watch and follow and love are going to affect you individually more than others, right? Correct. So, um, so the two that I have are, are two different Super Bowls. Um, one of them being, the, if you're talking about an actual just one defining moment, would be the Malcolm Butler interception. Yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. talk about going from, you know, oh shit, we're gonna lose to holy shit, we just won, <laughs> like within that was yeah. within an instant. You know, we can we can we put can, in, but give people in context who don't follow. Sure, this. yeah, yeah. So, um, so right, so it was I forget which Super Bowl it was. We were playing the the Seahawks and uh, Russell Wilson. They were they were driving down, they were driving down the field you know, to make a game-winning touchdown. And they were first in goal, uh, at, you know, with, I don't know, I think like a minute left maybe. I forget. Time, time's expiring. If they, You know, bottom line, they score, they win, you know, blah, blah, blah. And they got Marshawn Lynch, who's, you know, was like the greatest running back that Ever. year. Uh, I think he ran it on first down. And then on, I think it was a second down, uh, you know, we can, we can get into whether or not they should have done this or not, but they opted for the pass. And Malcolm Butler intercepts it on the goal line, you know, boom, game over. And it was like surefire Seahawks win to solidified Patriots win, like within a half yeah, a second. It was, it was true. That, um, was, that was, as a non-Patriots fan. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was the most I've actually, like, erupted, I think, as, as a fan. Like, just, you know, uncontrollable. Like, you don't really under, like, you don't know what's coming out of your mouth. You're just like... Like you're just, yeah, yeah, you're yeah. just yelling. Um, I remember like jumping off the couch. Uh, you know that that was that one sticks. And then the other one is is the the Patriots Falcons comeback. You know, down twenty eight to three with I think it was like three minutes left in the in the third quarter, uh, and, and to come back uh, and, and win that Super Bowl um, was was a was. Oh yeah, that's just. But but those weren't the ones you were there. Those, those, those well, like, I, I, I'm not. No, no, no. Like meaning, I watched them. On t- I wasn't at the games. Oh, okay. So then, then we're, oh, we're doing that now. Okay. <laughs> I was like, I'm very impressed that you were actually <laughs> there. I was like, wow. No. no. Well, in fact, all the people that were at that Falcons game pretty much left after the halftime anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's true. It's true. Well, not, I don't think they left, but, you know. A lot of them. Uh, um, okay. So then how many is that? Two? That's two for me so far. All right. Then That's then- two thus far, Shooter. Then let me give now I have three in person as well, so we'll do that later. Okay. I have let's start with my because I ranked mine because I did my actual job. So I did my um my you didn't list. say to rank them. Well it's implied. <laughs> Hang on. I like I like a good ranking. But don't you want to know what you feel like most important versus least important? Okay. I, well for me I ranked them. So number five on my list of like you said, hundreds of options because you know yep. I've been a sports fan since I was like, you know, forty seven. So I'm kidding. <laughs> I mean, I've been watching sports since the COVID hit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This this sports thing is pretty cool. I, I just started watch pickleball, and I started. You know, started. Um, so number five on my list of hundreds of choices was before possibly I think it's before you were born. Um, maybe it's it's Game Six of the nineteen seventy five World Series. Okay. Boston Red Sox, Cincinnati Reds. Mm-hmm. The very famous Carlton Fisk walk-off home run mm-hmm. when he's waving, mm-hmm. waving the ball yep. fair sure. in, into, yep. the, into the left field yeah. and, and into, above the monster, hit, hits the foul fair pole. Yep. And it stopped, and it was the 12th inning, and it, and it sent us to, this, to game seven. Yep. The World Series. But people don't remember this. Because people who follow baseball know that iconic moment. In fact, there's a video. There's, there's a camera guy on NBC who, who got the assignment wrong. He literally started recording Carlton Fisk down the line, which wasn't his gig. He was supposed to follow the ball, and instead he followed Carlton Fisk down the line. That's how. That's why we have that shot of him saying waving, waving it in, which became the most famous yeah. kind of like hula dance in the history of baseball. Yeah. But and Carlton Fisk, of course, was the captain of the team. And he was like, yep. you know, anyway, it was a good. But people don't remember that much, I think, because I remember. Cause I, 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 I was. People may know from earlier episodes, but I was born in Boston. And I'm, I'm a Red Sox diehard. I was my first memory alive was with my father at Fenway Park, and so I was very much. I mean, I was at, in 1976. I was in sixth grade, and my mother let me stay home to watch 
the World Series, you know, to watch all these games. Um, and um, was I? Uh, yeah, I was in sixth grade. And um, and but in the eighth inning, it was two outs. We were down by three runs. Mm-hmm. And Bernie Carbo, Bernie Carbo, the single, the name I remember, the like clutch, batting, clutch, the biggest clutch moment in baseball for me was Bernie Carbo. After and until Big Poppy came around and did this fifteen times, but Bernie Carbo stood there and hit a three-run home run mm-hmm. in the eighth inning when the, the Reds are about to win the, the whole World Series and, and tied the game. Yep. That was o- over the center field wall. It was like I never felt such joy. In my, I, I was now. I remember thinking, "This is what joy feels like." It was just an amazing. I had tears, and it was the whole thing. My, my father, who loved the Reds, by the way, because he was actually. Um, Tony Perez was the first okay. yep. Cuban baseball player, and he he loved him as a you know as a kid playing for the Cuban national team, and then he became a Cincinnati Red. So he was always following the Reds in his mind because he likes Tony Perez as, as a great baseball player that he was. But mm-hmm. so he was kind of conflicted about his kid loves the Red Sox, but he loves the Reds. But he was so happy for me that he was like in tears. Also, yeah. it became a very kind of indelible moment. But then Carlton Fisk put the cherry on the Sunday with that home run, yeah, walk off home run to end all walk off home runs in the World Series. Well, there's yeah. Kirk, yeah, whatever. Kirk Gibson, you know, basically one-handed, yeah, or, or Bill Mazeroski. No, there's that one too. Okay, okay whatever. <laughs> this is the one that I saw. No, on yeah, TV. yeah, you're um, no. And, and what I was gonna, what I was gonna kind of topple on 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 top of that is um, is that that shot of him, you know, waving it fair. So I, you know, a couple of these that I have on here. That that's one for me. So I I wasn't born yet, mm-hmm. um, but that's one for me. That's like. I know that shot. Like this is what I'm saying. Like I've seen that. Yeah. That five second clip is ingrained in my head. You know, totally. Mm-hmm. And you know, and, that, and like the moments like that are, are what I kind of are what I have. Uh, I have a lot of those on here. Fun fact. That's only my second favorite Carlton Fisk moment. My, my favorite moment. Actually, I just I just conflated them. That is my, that is my favorite conflict. My second favorite catcher moment with the Red Sox was Veritek beating the shit out of Erod. <laughs> That was awesome. <laughs> that was awesome. That was awesome. <laughs> Least favorite, the same moment when when Pedro hurled. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Moving on. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't happen. <laughs> that was that was kind of funny. All right. So well, so then because that that's number five. You did two of them, so I'll do number four. Get ready to, to ding dong. Oh boy. Yeah. I knew it was coming. Number four, the Miami Dolphins beat the undefeated Chicago Bears on Monday Night Football. The Bears were twelve and zero. This was the season of Jim McMahon and Refrigerator Perry and the, and the Super Bowl Shuffle and all that crap. Mm-hmm. And they were they were a monstrous team. They mm-hmm. beat everybody by two dozen points. I mean, every game was just crazy. Monday Night Football. We having we having an okay season. The Dolphins, you know, it's still you know still Dan Marino and still you know, but it's still it wasn't a playoff bound season. And they came into our house and Marino said something funny during the interview during that week saying. I'm tired of hearing about these people because they're just a football team, and that was like an inspiration for them. So that when he was told allegedly, when Marino was told that his quote from earlier in the week was inspiration for them, he goes, "Oh, good, me too." <laughs> so he lit up that game again. I don't know if you watched it or remember it, but no. that game, Miami Dolphins on national television, and we were like I think 14 point underdogs. We won. The first half, the game was over. Yeah. It was like 31-10. Marino's like, shut up. Super Bowl team. Stop. Anyway, but not only that, it made it even sweeter because every year, as you know, we, Miami Dolphins are the only undefeated team in football history. So no other team on the schedule after Miami had a chance to be. In fact, it was like Detroit and you know all these lowly teams. I always go back to, to Detroit when I'm talking about the, the lowly teams. <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry. I like Detroit. I just don't just feel so bad. All right. But they had they literally won every game after that game, the Bears, including the playoffs and Super Bowl. Super Bowl, they won like 38-7 or something. So they they were going to be undefeated. They were going to be the only other team with more games. Mm. So that was so okay. when when, yep. when, uh, when when that game, by the way, is also coincidentally an induction of like I think Mercury Moore is or one of the undefeated icons of Miami Dolphins lore. So all the team, all the teammates that were alive were still were there watching the game. Okay. Watching Dan Marino stop the Bears from winning 
and being undefeated. So anyway, it was a, it was a triple whammy. National television, Al Michaels saying this is, you know, it was like incredible, incredible game. Marino, vintage him. Anyway, it was a, one of those moments I was like, this is why we have, that's why a quarterback matters. That's why Dan Marino is so good to me because he stopped, single-handedly in some ways stopped. And the last thing I'll say about it, Shula said after the game that every every pass he threw for a touchdown, he he was not the call that he had put in the game. He the Marino said no, not so much. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna call this off and just and he would do like he called it the flare and tear. Like he would pump and then all of a sudden Mark Duper over the shoulder, you know. But but anyway, it was just in the basket. It was just so great, and that was the, my number four memory. Okay, yeah. Um, so why don't you tell me what's a third memory for you? Yeah. Absolutely. So no, no Patriots or, or or football. Let's so I, I I there was a the, so real quick uh, there was another Patriots moment that I left off. You, you're talking about you kind of rem- ding you, <laughs> ding ding. <laughs> um, you no you, you jarred my memory a little bit when you said undefeated season, mm-hmm. and that would be the David Tyree catch. Yeah, of course. Um, the only reason I didn't put it on as like a moment is because it's a bad moment for you guys. Well, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it's because you know it wasn't. Unlike the Malcolm Butler, you know, play, um, it wasn't it wasn't game clinching. Like they still had to do other stuff. It's Correct. just like yeah. Yeah, yeah. it was just like when it happened. It was like what just happened. <laughs> yeah, what like, just happened. Um, for me, the equivalent of that was I don't know if you remember it, ever see it in highlights when it was Dallas Cowboys and Steelers in Miami during the Super Bowl that Terry Bradshaw threw the ball up fifty yard pass to Lin Swan. And he and the ball tipped up in the air, and the and the Dallas Cowboy defender was gonna grab like the safety was gonna grab it, and he kind of hurls over him and grabs it himself. It was like the greatest yeah, catch yeah, yeah. ever. Yep. So that that's the equivalent of my generation to the Tyreek play. But, sure, yeah. Um, but no, I, I, what I'm gonna go with is um, why why I have the the, the sweatshirt on here. But two reasons actually. I, we, I have one question for you. Do you believe in miracles? <laughs> <laughs> um, so for all of you that aren't watching on YouTube, go watch on YouTube. You can actually see what I'm talking about, but no, I'm, I'm wearing the uh, USA jersey. It's a hoodie, but USA jersey, uh, the Miracle on Ice. It, it's like Team, Team USA's Miracle on Ice, 1980 Winter Olympics in yeah. Lake Placid, New York. Yeah. So again, you know, this the, isn't. I, I, I was just born, so I, I didn't watch it live. But like, like, this is this is a moment. This is one where if you're a sports fan and you haven't seen this and you don't know what this wait, is, wait, you weren't born in 1980. I was born in 1980. So you were born. You just Actually, no, I wasn't because it would be in the winter. It was February. Right. So I wasn't born yet. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. I was like <laughs> in my third breakup or something. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, but no, anyways, my, what I was saying was if, if you are a sports fan and you don't know what this is, you're not a sports fan. Mm-hmm. Like this is. In, in America, right? Yeah, sure. Sorry. Uh, I, I forgot we we are worldwide. We're, we're global. We're global <laughs> our, our global reach is clear. Yes. Um, but no, I mean this is this is like the you know the ultimate. You know, it's like David versus Goliath. It's um, you know the whole the the just the the line right. Like, do you believe in miracles? Yes. That, like that was a very famous line from Al Michaels who be, who said that at the end. And and Jim Craig was the goal. With the goaltender and Ruzioni was the team captain, and these were a bunch of college kids yeah, competing against nobodies. the ultimate grizzly pros of the. You know, it's truly it's like David and Goliath. Yeah. Truly, as, as any as any sporting event in my lifetime has been David and Goliath was this game. Yeah, in fact, it's, it's my number one on the on the list. So, uh, so thanks for blowing my uh, my my thunder uh, here. But I will tell you this: um, a little side note. As you know, I'm famous for my side notes, but. Um, I'm a, I'm a, for some reason, my entire life, the number 22 has been my guiding force for some reason, always. Okay. It's like, you know, I wake up at 222 or you just always, whenever I notice something, it's always 22, that, you know. That was my first number in uh, the major leagues. Was it? Yeah, for the Royals. Yeah. It was number wow. 22. And, and, and yet somehow we connected. Right. And somehow I, yeah. I came into your life and now your life is amazing. Yeah. It, okay. <laughs> we'll go with that. <laughs> we'll go with that. It's on YouTube, so yes, we'll go with that. Um, but so... Looking back, when I was doing this list just now of our topic, I didn't realize it was 222 was the date of this game. Mm. It's just another thing that just happens all the time for us. 22 years ago. It's 22 years. And by the way, fun fact, again, a side note, it's been, again, we mentioned that we're recording this on the last Sunday of NFL regular season. It's been 22 years since the last time the Dolphins swept the Patriots in one season. 
So we beat you in the first se- the first game. Now this is the last game. Let's see what happens later today. Stay tuned. Well, actually, at this point, you know what happens. So, um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's my Miami Bell. All right. So, to, so I'll go. Then I'll jump to number one. Miracle on Ice. Team USA college kids defeats the USSR. Um, truly was that moment that. Oh, by the way, to, to flash forward, the reason why Joan is actually wearing that jersey hoodie combo platter is because. We were involved with, even two years ago, we did the, um, what was it, the 40th anniversary of Miracle on Ice. We did, we did the official party in here, up here in upstate New York, and I was and I got, and I was editor of a magazine up here, and I, I got to interview Jim Craig and, mm-hmm. and Mike Urizioni about this game, and that was really fun for me as well, yeah. to talk to them. And they were just, they're, they're just, you would think after 40 years of having literally the apex of your life happened when you're in college. All of a sudden, you're you're talked about it, you're asked about it your entire life. You would think that you'd be over it. Yeah. They're not. They're so excited about it still. They're so genuinely thrilled to be able to share this, you know, this piece of moment in time with them. But anyway, so I think that is. I think they're also very cognizant of how important it was. This was right. This is 1980. This is right before the Soviets invaded Afghanistan. This was a. It was a very tenuous time. The hostages in Iran. We're um, just just still there. So it's a very kind of like a very, we needed this as a country. We needed this. I mean, I, this was a, and I saw this at home, and, and I was alive in 1980. The game happened during the day, and we were and, and I was in school. I was a sophomore, I think, in high school or ninth grade or something. Yeah. And I remember during the day, the game happened. But back then, of course, we didn't have the internet or we didn't know what was happening. There was no certainly, you know, no Twitter to keep us up to date. So we got home and and I made a conscious effort and ABC was, would televise the, the Olympics said, we're not going to tell you what happens, but but you better watch. <laughs> yeah. It was kind of that, that kind of thing. And all of a sudden, you know, out, and I remember the pregame, I'm like, oh God, it's going to be like, I mean, just before that, like the Soviets beat Finland like nine to one or something. I was like, oh my God. This is going to be, I mean, and then they were saying that this is, you know, they, they showed like the American kids, basically, not, they don't even have hair to shave their face, you know, <laughs> they're like these kids, and then they have this, this grizzly old man, these yeah. like Soviets, like, like spitting up, spitting on the ice, and just terrifying, you know, right, it's like they were right. just, I mean, central casting, it truly was, and then Lake Placid Arena, which by the way, just, just north of us here, and it was just like this, it was this, we were so hopeful, the fans were so, you know, all the American flags, but it was packed, full of other athletes, which by the way, people don't realize that. The game was during the afternoon. It happened to be at a time when all the other athletes just about could actually watch the game. Yeah. So that game, more than any other, during even the gold medal game, had more athletes in the audience, more American athletes in the audience than any other game. So yep. it was a very kind of emotional thing. Long story short, we're watching the game. First period, second period, and we're like, are we in this? <laughs> I mean, I just... <laughs> Is I was, this happening? You know, you know, I'm a sports fan, so I'm, I'm always... I'm superstitious, so I, I wouldn't move. I wouldn't cross my leg from one. I, and, I, and my mom pointed out very annoyingly, said, "Honey, this happened already." So <laughs> I'm like, I looked at her like, "Like, shut up! <laughs> like, you don't know anything." Anyway, but I literally would like I would situate myself in a certain way or not or or something. Yeah. I remember thinking being uncomfortable the whole game that I couldn't move. <laughs> <probably 'cause, laughs> right. Um, anyway, right. so then the game. Getting closer, and then Urzioni scores that goal, and I'm just, I'm speechless. If you can imagine that, completely yeah. <laughs> speechless. My father is just my father. You know, my parents are from Cuba, so for them, they're very like pro America and grateful, and so they have, you know, we have they, they had Ronald Reagan commemorative plates in the dining room. I'm, I'm not kidding. Until I was old enough to realize I could smash them into a million pieces. <laughs> Oop, whoops, sorry, and they fell. But they have the American flag outside the house. They're very proud. You know, this so for them, this was just. My father was just like not blinking, staring at the TV set. Yeah. He, he, he only did that when Wonder Woman was on with Linda Carter, which <laughs> my, my mother still doesn't like. She, she, she refers to her as that, as that bitch, by the way. <laughs> anyway, so um, Google that one, boys, Linda Carter. Anyway, um, so my father was staring at the game, and it was like five minutes left, and we're winning. And my father's looking at me like, you know, is this going to happen? And then, you know, of course, then the goal, and the goalkeeper, Jim Craig, is like, you know, he's, there's two more saves. We were convinced that other shoes going to drop because how could it not? Right. right? Yeah. And all of a sudden, we win the game. Yeah. The buzzer says zero, and I don't even realize I'm bawling. I have no idea. I'm crying, and my father's crying, and we're all jumping up and down. My whole family. You know, it became this whole thing. Like this became the promise of America. 
in a game, in a, in a game that Cubans don't have never watched. Yeah. They don't even understand right. hockey. They, they think it's like, <laughs> right. you know, they right, think right, it's right. like, right. you know, they don't bocce ball. They don't know what this is. They see people in, skating around. They just see, but right. they just saw Jim Craig draped in the American flag looking for his father and the whole world stopped. And Al Michaels, do you believe in miracles? Yep. It was the most beautiful, perfect moment in sports ever to me. Yeah. So, anyway. Yeah, and you know, I guess in fairness, uh, you know, I, as I mentioned, I didn't rank mine, but I think I would, I probably, I would have put this number one as a, as you. So did. we, so we blew the, <laughs> the build up. <laughs> to this. <laughs> great. Now number seven, we have. <laughs> um, no, I got some other great ones on here. But, me too, uh, actually. I, I'll just do. Yeah. All right. So let's let let me go to the next one. Um, the next one you probably won't know as much either, but it was a big one for me. It was the, it was ranked number three for me. It's considered by most experts. Considered by most, most experts. Not which, all, though. Not, not all. There's always okay. an anti-factor somewhere <laughs> oh, or, or Knuckle Dragger or Aaron Rodgers or something. You know, it's always somebody like that walking around. <laughs> Tucker Carlson. You know, there's people like that that are, that are walking around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. But most people that, have, um, that walk upright okay. and, and have eyeballs consider this the gr- single greatest tennis match in history. Saying a lot. A lot of different players, a lot of different history, a lot of different, a long time, a lot of different opinions, men, women, different sports, different surfaces, different eras, different everything. The single greatest tennis match in history. Considering not only the quality of the play, but the, but the occasion, what is signified in, their, in the career and the trajectory of tennis history, okay. and the actual drama of it all. First of all, it was at Wimbledon, which is the holy temple of tennis. Sure. Wimbledon, as you may know, it's grass court in London. It's the biggest tournament each year. It's on grass and it has no lighting. It has no mm-hmm. light, so you have to play until... And in the summer, when Wimbledon happens, you can probably play till about 8.30 at night until it gets really dark. This game, this match ended like 9.07. It was pitch black. <laughs> the TV lights made it seem like there was more light, but there wasn't. It was almost like they couldn't, you know, yeah. they couldn't stop this match. It was too unbelievable. It was the first time that Rafael Nadal beat Roger Federer. Roger had it was a three-time champion each year. Rafael Nadal beat Roger that year. The score was six-four, six-four. Rafa. It's the best out of five sets. You have to win three sets. So Rafa won the first two sets, six-four, six-four. Then he lost in two tiebreakers, six-seven, six-seven, which means it's six games each, and then they play a tiebreaker for eleven points, and then. Roger won those two, saving match points in both sets. Mm-hmm. Then the last set in Wimbledon, you don't play a tiebreaker. You play after six all, you play until you win two games in a row. Okay. So it's a very kind of rule for, for Wimbledon. At this point, it's, you know, they, in, in, in tennis, you hold serve. If you serve, you're supposed to win that game. So mm-hmm. it's called holding serve. They both held serve, you know, 2-3, 3-3, 3-4, 4-4, you know, the whole thing, back mm-hmm. and forth. It became 6-6. And the entire tennis, John McEnroe had the best line. He says, is anyone breathing right now? Is anyone even breathing? Because it's just, each point was this 20-stroke, unbelievable, like, you know, smashes and, and yeah. the forehands and, and volleys and drop points, you know, and, and smashes and, and retrieves. And it's like, there was no unforced errors. People were, each point you won, you had to win by winning a win, by hitting a winner, which is very difficult to do. Anyway, it's, I literally, you know how I am with tennis and with Rafa Nadal. I literally could not, I couldn't physically feel my in, internal organs like collapsing inside me. I was just, I couldn't even watch it live. It was so, so horrifying because I was so nervous about Because Roger in Wimbledon, that's his home court. That's, yeah. that's his temple. He's not going to give it up. Coming back two sets from, to zero, he's going to be that remarkable story and come back and win. Long story short, Rafa Nadal wins 9-7 in the fifth set. And the last point was actually a very un- uncharacteristic. Roger had a short forehand. His forehand is his best shot. And he hit the ball on top of the tape, which he hadn't done an error. And he had an error. And Rafa collapses on the court. The entire place goes, it was one big flash photography moment. It's like, oh, everything mm-hmm. went like pitch, pitch white. And all of a sudden, Roger Federer had just, just like, had just like tears in his eyes. Like he can't believe he lost. It was wow. like, it means that. Anyway, it was one of those indelible moments. And I was thinking, am I crazy or is this the greatest match I've ever seen? And the next day, headline New York Times, the single greatest match in tennis history. Everyone mm. agrees. Anyway, so that's my number What three. year was this? 
Nine, that, this was number three. This was 2008. Okay. And then Rafa backed it up the next year by beating Roger again in the final wow. in 2009. So that became – that's when Rafa became Roger's equal in everyone's eyes. Like, wow, he beat him twice in his home court. And Roger has never, ever defeated Rafa Nadal at the French Open. Yeah. He's lost four years in a row to him in the final. Roger's – imagine how many more championships in the French he would have won if Rafa wasn't there. Imagine how many much more – Rafa would have won in Wimbledon if, Ro- if Roger wasn't there. So anyway, that's what I'm saying. And then you have the anti-vaxxer Djokovic sporting all the fun. But, but in, two, in 2008, that was unbelievable. That was, that was a year, the same year that two greatest moments of my life in 2008 was when Rafa beat um, mm-hmm. Roger and when Obama <laughs> became president. Beat John what a year. Beat John McCain. <laughs> what, a, what a year to be RPF. I know. It, it, and then, of course, the Wall Street collapse in the financial crisis mm, that right, there was that too there was that too but not as important as Rafa, no, as no, Rafa no. beating uh, yeah anyway so that's my third one so that's number three what's your other one um so I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go over to hockey I don't have any tennis moments sorry <laughs> <laughs> you I, I can share mine with you that's fine. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go back over to hockey and I'm gonna go with uh Wayne Gretzky's record-breaking goal uh, so backstory for this is, you know, so he broke Gordy Howe's record of, of all. So it was a goal, but it was for all time points. So. Gordy Howe, by the way, was seventy when I was born, and he was <laughs> he was still playing as <laughs> of last year or something. Right, he's sixty seven <laughs> right, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he was a Tom Brady of hockey at the time. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah totally. Yeah, uh, yeah, he, we, yeah absolutely. Um, but no, so he he broke his all time points record. Um, so you get a point for an assist and a goal in hockey. Uh, so he, it was not just goals, but for assists and all that. But he he broke the record on a goal, and the the really cool backstory that I love about this um, is that so when when Wayne was growing up, his idol was Gordy Howe because as we just mentioned, Gordy Howe's 108 and you know, <laughs> yeah, was, he was everyone's idol <laughs> was, was 112 <laughs> yeah. 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, so so Gordy Howe was Wayne Gretzky's idol growing up, and uh, when I don't know how how old. Uh, Gretzky was, but he he got a chance to meet him when he was like nine or something, you know, because mm-hmm. he was a phenom up in Canada, a prodigy. Yeah, yeah. like he was a, he was literally like a national star at the age of nine. Well, Canada doesn't have them. You know, they, have, <laughs> they, have, they, have, they have curling and maple syrup. They, you know, they've they've, uh, they've they put out some pretty decent country singers. Oh, right, there. They have oh, yeah, they have yeah, Anne Murray, and they had um, they do that what they call that skiing and shooting. Event biathlon biathlon. Yeah, when there's yeah. two events, they by the way, buy it. biathlon. Anything called athlon should be more more <laughs> strenuous than than skiing and shooting. stopping and shooting. I'm sorry, <laughs> it should be called like like sip and stir or something. It should be like, um, anyway. But I digress. So <laughs> as usual. Uh, so so anyway, so we got a chance to meet Gordy Howe, and you know, and he was kind of like, hey, what what advice do you have? And we were like, you know, Gordy Howe leaves him with this parting wisdom. And his parting wisdom was work on your backhand shot, mm-hmm. okay? Because because no one does because they're hard and mm-hmm. you know yeah. it's just it's, it's more fun. It's yeah. more fun to just go out on the ice and just you know rip forehand slap shots and you know make a lot of noise. And so no one really works on their backhand shot. So Gordy House says work on your backhand, kid. And then you know poetically you know how does he break Gordy Howe's record? He wins it on a on a backhand goal. Um, so there's just like this whole backstory. So I'm you know I'm I'm a big hockey fan. I'm a bigger Wayne Gretzky fan. So for me, um, you know, I know this whole backstory, and to watch this, uh, you know, it's like when when I watch it, you know, knowing that this was advice that he got from the previous record holder, to me, just like when I watch this, I'm just like, wow, like this is this is sports full circle, like this is the 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 life of of sports, you know, the the teacher bestowing the knowledge onto the student, the student, you know, taking it and, and like you know, wash on. Wash off, whatever. Um, wax, like, wax, well, wax on, wash on. No, I was thinking. I was thinking of because um, a lot of people I know their their experience with Wayne Gretzky is when he moved, he got traded to the or to the Kings or so, not traded, but he got he got um, got traded. He got traded, yeah. yeah so yeah. so this was I almost put this one on my list. Um, was his press conference of him just in tears when he was leaving Edmonton to go to LA? Yeah, I remember that. Um, but I remember my, my friends remember him because he was dating at the time. 
got married to the blonde chick from Flashdance. Janet Jones. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that was like the big deal. They were like, oh my, the blonde chick from Flashdance. Yeah. You know? They were like, oh, he's a cool guy. I'm like, um, he's like the greatest athlete ever. <laughs> Whatever. He married Janet Jones. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, was, it, it was kind of funny. It's like the same thing with my friends, my other friends who don't follow sports. Like, oh, Giselle's husband, Tom Brady. <laughs> Giselle's husband. <laughs> right. They have the, like, they, like, like, you know, Right. Russell Wilson, oh, that's Sierra's husband. Right, right. Yeah. I'm like, right. mm, yes, yeah, of, yes. Um, yes, we we uh, we often at times at our household jokingly refer to him as Mr. Bunchin. <laughs> well, well, I think that's not that's probably true in the house, you know, because you know, just a Brazilian woman does not take second. No, 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 no. That's a supermodel that has you know her own shtick. Um, so that was interesting. So you have one more, or that's it for you? For- I'll, I'll leave that. I'll leave that there. Okay, I have my, I have my number two, which became now my last one. I'm mentioning of the, of the sports TV moments that I witnessed on television. Okay, was Michael Phelps? Mm, I had him down. Yep. Two, 2008 again. 2008. I just realized that this year was a big year for RPF. So 2008, Michael Phelps, the Beijing Olympics, he sets the gold medal record. But specifically, he was like a minor player in his own in his own category. When he won the second gold medal, it was a relay. Mm-hmm. And we were, America, Team USA was heavily underdog to the team, to team France. You may remember okay. that Jason, Vaguely, yeah. Jason Lezak was yep. the anchor leg for America. And he was a full body length behind the world champion French right. guy, who had said throughout the whole pre-Olympics campaign that he's, he's going to beat America like a drum. That that he's gonna beat him beat us like a drum that became his quote that was put up above the locker room and whole mm-hmm. thing. Of course, we had the third leg was the was the slowest leg we had, so we were really behind. Right, we had to be way advanced to kind of hold off this guy in the in the fourth leg, and the, and the reverse happened. We got yeah. way behind. So when when the wall, you see there's a, there's a YouTube video of actually of the telecast, which is one thing because they show the actual swimmers, but there's another one on YouTube that shows just on the platform showing Phelps and his reaction and, the, and his teammate, his teammates. And, but you see Phelps' face of dejection. When, when Jason flips on the last turn on the, on the last leg, he's a full like three-quarter body length behind the French guy. And the French guy, he's a closer on top of that. He's like yeah, six yeah. foot six, world champion. I mean, like, he's like the Usain Bolt of, 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 of swimming the freestyle. Yep. So much so that Phelps never beat him as a freestyle, just mm. one-on-one. One on one. Jason Lezak, a veteran, he's like in his 30s. You know, at this point, he just literally just said, not, not today. He did a Bruce Willis diehard shit. He literally said, not today. And he put his face in that water and it started. <laughs> what do you call that in swimming when you like. Put that face I, in that water. <laughs> I, felt, he, I felt like you wanted to say, put the hammer down. Yeah, like, but, yeah. <laughs> he, 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 put his, he put his moist face in, in the, in the, in the, into the chlorinated water and he literally said, not, up, not today, not, not in Beijing today. And he, but if you remember, if you watch Olympics, if you watch sport, if you watch anything, but I love swimming anyway because I just love the idea of the one millionth of a second determines yeah. your whole future you yep. know, you know yeah, yeah. endorsements for 10 million or versus like you homeless you know um <laughs> these are the choices you have um so my jason's lead, and even as they you know at the very end of the pool when they stop when with the black line stops and it's just like it's where you drift to the wall or whatever right. or reach, even then he was behind wow. uh, yeah. and the guy's six six and jason's like six feet you know six inches shorter than he is yeah in a miracle truly a miracle in that second race he outtouched the French yeah. favorite and won by one one millionth, <laughs> whatever it was, of a second. And the reaction from Michael Phelps, which we've all seen, it was so visceral. Yep. To, I, to I me, remember, yeah. that's what propelled him to the eight. That was number two. Okay. And he said in his head, I cannot, this doesn't happen again. Right. This fuck, is it. I can't, I can't fuck, fuck this up. up. <laughs> <laughs> I can't fuck this up. And he lit, he did the opposite of that. He became the single greatest Olympian that year. Yeah. Thanks to, I believe, Jason Lisa. Wow. So, yeah. big, 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 big asterisk to him. Because Jason is forgotten in this whole mix. But I think he's he's the one that actually made this happen. Because without him, he ties my, he made you know, tie my, my you know, like, and, you know how like running backs who get like the the rushing record for yeah. the year by the offensive yeah. line. Yeah, I, I wonder if Phelps bought. He should buy him. Like, <laughs> like, he should buy him like oh, like he buy him his own Giselle Hunchen or something. <laughs> because that's really really okay. So let's go to events, sporting events that we were actually there 
mm. and to witness. Okay. But I'm not going to ask you to rank them. Just give me one. Because you have three, you said, right? Well, no, no, no. What? So I told you this. What? I told you this. No, I have, I have ones that I, I wasn't at the event. Okay, three but I was, that. But I was watching live as it happened. Well, in other words, your three were my top. Were, these, these I watched live. I mean, these I saw on TV yeah, as they were happening. I'm not okay. as old as you. And clearly, um, <laughs> there's lots of other adjectives you can say. <laughs> All right. So my three would be three I actually was there for because I'm older than you. So okay. there's three I was there for. And All these right. three you watch on TV live. Yes. Okay, so give me your first one. So I, I, did my, I did two of them. I did the two Patriots Okay. Games. Okay. Um, the Malcolm Butler interception okay. and then the Patriots comeback against the Falcons. Right. right. Uh, my third one that I had was uh, Tiger Woods' comeback. And so, listen, but not not his Masters win. Oh, which one? Most I'm talking most memorable to me was he came back. Um, at, the PG, at, at the PGA? I, you know what? I, I forget which tournament it was. I run, he was on the tree. He was under the tree. But he shot. was but he was walking down the fairway and just the the you know the basically the ropes collapsed and the whole crowd was just walking behind him and it was the first and, and like they did it with Mickelson last year when he won. Um, you know the, it was the but it was the first time the PGA like. It was, you saw like it was the first time you saw like pandemonium at at a PGA event, right? It's like, Shh. right? Like, you know, you, yeah, the, exactly. The, the, the ball is going to break yeah. to the left. Yes. yes, white people are whispering. I love it. White, <laughs> I love it. I, I love it when white people whisper. But it was waiting for it. It was it call. was Tiger Woods. So he, you know, he was he was coming back, and you know, he had been in a couple tournaments, but he hadn't won anything. He was playing well, but you know, there's this huge question of like, will he ever win again? Mm-hmm. Um, and this was the moment, like he, you know, coming down the 18th fairway, and he, and he had the lead, and it was just, and like I said, the, you know, the, the the ropes collapsed, and like he was surrounded, and like you know, security was like you know, blocking, just walking on the fairway, trying to go to the green to actually like finish his round, and he could barely get there, wow. um, you know, and like I said, it wasn't, I don't believe it was a major championship, but it was just, it was a, a first big tournament win of him coming back, and it was like boom, I'm, but it wasn't. At the Masters, though, you're saying? It wasn't the Masters, um, which was obviously, you know, an- another amazing moment. Um, maybe it was a major. Maybe I'm mistaken. Maybe- I, think it, I think it was a PGA. Was it? I think so. That's what I, it, it seems really familiar to me. Um, but, yeah, at, at any rate, like I said, it was, it was the first time that I saw uh, – It was a, listen, it was the first time that golf was fun to watch, like – you know, like the the atmosphere that you're watching on 100%. TV was, you know, I was like, oh my god, like, holy shit, I wish I was there. You know, very very seldom do you watch golf and be like, oh man, I'm missing out on this one. Totally. <laughs> um, and I'm just trying to think exactly who was playing here. Um, yeah, um, I, I man, I, I I can see the I can I can see the the, the fairway. Um, anyway, at any rate, it, it was his first major victory uh, coming back. Um, when, when, okay. when, he came, when he came back that yeah, time. Yeah, it's exciting. I, I told you before, uh, you know, earlier, whenever Tiger is being Tiger, nothing's better in sports. Yeah. Nothing to me. Nothing is yeah. more, more like purely fascinating to watch. Yeah. It's just beautiful to watch. You know, I think that's the juxtaposition of his, of his I don't know, he, he, even how he acts and how, it, by the way, the, my favorite thing I've seen this year, the past I know, I know where you're going. I know where you're going. His kid. <laughs> Charlie. I mean, <laughs> His kid and him, that mini me, yeah. in every way. I'm just like, okay, yep. you got me already. I, w- I was glued to that tournament. Oh, my God. The, the father-son combination. But I wonder if he's in the mirror trying to just mimicking or just naturally does just, the same I, thing. It's just natural. He's, you know, he's watched his dad do it. And he's but, just, like, imagine Tiger Woods being your golf pro. I mean, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like your personal tutor. <laughs> like, you know. um, okay, so my, my, so my three are three I actually attended. Okay. Which this is I, impressive, yeah. It's very impressive. And very, you know... They're unbelievable. I have, I have more, but these are the ones I remember the most. I'm going to give you. You want me to do three, two, one, or you want to? It doesn't matter. Blast off. Kind of. The, okay. Like the third most. The number three on my list was Miami Heat game six NBA Finals with with the Dallas the Dallas Mavericks. Okay. 2011. Yeah. It was unbelievable. We that's when that was that was D Wade. Unleashed, mm-hmm. and we were we were losing. We were, and then all of a sudden we weren't, and we won. And it was just, 
you know, back then, the beginning of the, of the of the attack of the Miami Heat fans being fair weather fans, and you know, they left up early because of traffic. You know, no one moved the muscle there. It was just wow. unbelievable. And D Wade became it became Wade County for sure, like Dade County, Miami. <laughs> when 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 D Wade just just took over that game, and that was just like, give me that fucking ball. It was his cool. attitude. And and I had like you know, of course, I was there with like very famous people. We had like floor seats. It was just this whole other experience on top of that. Right? Cause it was just like. You know, I felt very much like Spike Lee in the Knicks sidelines, or like Jack Nicholson in the Rams, in the Rams, in the in the Lakers. <laughs> the Rams. Um, but it, I was that type. It was that type of game, yeah. that type of that type of existence. I was actually just very lucky to be there, so I felt that was amazing. So that was my number three live event that I saw. Number two, not not surprisingly, it's nope, not quite. Oh. <laughs> well, you, you might want well to ding this one too. Rafa Nadal at the U.S. Oh, at the U.S. Yeah. Open beat Andre Agassi Ooh. in the quarterfinals of the U.S. Open. I don't even know what year it was. To be honest, it was like I don't know what year it was, but I was there. I remember I told you for twenty five years in a row I would go to the to the U.S. Open. Yep. And this was the windiest match I've ever witnessed, and to the point where they couldn't even play. It was, wow. and, and wind is not a factor for postponing a match, so they had to play. It was like Agassi would hit the ball as hard as he can. He would barely hit hit the net. You know, what I'm saying really? it was that it was, and it was just like and Rafa because his game, you know, tennis has margin, meaning he hits huge topspin, so the ball goes high above the net and drops in. Where well, Agassi is more flat, so he has less margin for okay. air. Like Djokovic has hit a flat ball, like hit very. You have to have a very keen eye, but so. People who hit the ball flat, like I do when I play tennis or play tennis, I hit the ball flat, so I have very sure yeah, little yeah. margin for error. Whereas Rafa can hit the ball way above the net and be fine. So Rafa beat him, but it was just like the most frustrating. Game. I mean, I mean to the point where they're both like laughing and crying at the same time. They couldn't even. They, you know, Rafa would hit like this huge ball and it would barely be like it'd be a drop shot. It'd be like, <laughs> and he'd be like. <laughs> Okay. I don't, know, I don't know what just happened. Right, but it was it was actually it's like watching you play pickleball or something. It was a very very different. <laughs> you know, it had such promise, but yet it's not ultimately interesting. <laughs> so, but the, the entire stadium, though, was really all all of us were together and for once the, cheering them both on because it was just a struggle to survive. Basically, it was just a very very watching two good two good sportsmen playing at the height of the game with conditions that were just intolerable with a fan base, a full stadium, primetime TV, watching them, like, try to do something. And it was, it was just a, a really great moment. You have you have one more? Um, I, do, I, I don't. That was my three okay. that I okay. saw. I mean, I have, a, I have a bunch of outliers that I just kind of threw on here. Okay, well, I'm, well, I'm going to give you just my last, my, my yep. number one. And it was, again, get ready to ding. Mm-hmm. I was a kid, 1972, AFC, the AFC playoffs. It Ray Finkel. What? No. No, it was Miami Dolphins. It was remember my first year watching the Dolphins play. My, my dad got us tickets. It was the and back then for some reason the undefeated team. Which fun fact, people may, may not know this and understand why, which I don't either. The nineteen seventy two Dolphins were undefeated by definition, the best team in football. By definition, you would think they would host every playoff game, but mm-hmm. no, no, they only hosted the first game against the Oakland Raiders. The championship game that season was at Pittsburgh. That's insane to me, right? How's how's that fair? Yeah, it's so, not fair. So so what are you playing for? I, I don't I don't even understand back then what what are you playing for if you're not going to be for home team for home field? Event. Yeah. Anyway, mm. but that game against Oakland was a tough one because that was John Madden, that was you know that was Ray Guy, that was uh, Ken Stabler, all these old you know that, that was the the defense were all like I told you they were all felons, they're on parole, they're all a ter- terrifying team, and we always. Lost to them in Oakland. We always lost to them, and that was a game. Remember, two years later, that my mom wouldn't let me go to a Monday night game. Mm-hmm. The Raider game was raining, and then she, I was too sick with a cold. She didn't let me go. Um, I could be that could that, that could have been COVID patient mm-hmm. zero. By the way, I, mm-hmm. I could have been back then, but I was too sick to go, and my mom wouldn't let me go in the rain. And I, to this day, blame her for the Dolphins right. snapping their win streak because right. they lost to the Raiders. Anyway, so I beat, we we beat the Raiders. That's when I knew we were we, we were going to win the Super Bowl because we, if we can beat the Raiders, we can beat anything. And we beat the Steelers. By the way, barely I think it was like twenty one seventeen or something in Pittsburgh, and then we beat the Redskins fourteen seven. Oh, I can't say that the Washington 
football team. Well, I feel like, I mean, they were, that's what they were. They were, yeah. So anyway, so <laughs> that's what they were. <laughs> they were offensive back then. <laughs> so, um, so anyway, so that was my number one live. Okay. Like, watching, you know, with the white hankies and the orange ones. Yep. You know, you, you've heard me say this, but that was a very, as a kid, I was like, you know, I was like eight years old or something. It was yeah. just crazy watching this. You just like I couldn't believe what was happening. It was the greatest feeling ever. Yeah. So, so much of my father took us. I never forget. He, my mom, never ever let us go to get fast food. That was like you know, she'd rather have us like have four T-bone steaks than have like one burger. Right. <laughs> so my father said, "Don't tell your mother." You know, he <laughs> he, he, he took us to, he took us to Burger King, and, he, and 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 my brother's like, "I'll have two French fries." My father's like. This is your one time you were Burger King and you're having French fries? It's like, I like French fries. Anyway, it became a very funny line. So he had two French fries. The point is that it was the greatest moment ever for me live to watch something in sports live. So that was me. Okay, Jenna, you, you're talking about, so these are other ones that are outliers, right? Yeah. Um, so Not outliers. That, that seems like a negative kind of Right, 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 right. They're, yeah. um, they're so, honorable mentions. They're, right. They're, they're, they're sort of, you know, uh, Moments that are ingrained into my memory, but I don't really know a ton of backstory about them. Okay. Um, so one of them would be the Dwight Clark catch, right, in the end zone. But by the way, can I just tell you one thing? I think the moment is bigger than the catch. It wasn't that great a catch. I mean, no, 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 but you're sure. Well, I mean, that's kind of what we're talking about, like the moment of, of yeah, this stuff, yeah. and, and that's what I mean. That's that's yeah. why that's why I didn't really put it on my list is because I don't. You know, I'm I'm not a Niners fan. I you know this was uh, I was young at the time. I I wasn't necessarily watching that yeah. that game, but um, but just the for me, honestly, it's almost like the the actual cinematography of it, like yeah. the, you know the angle that it that it was captured at. And it the, was much cooler like on NFL films, you know. He, right, it, that's it, what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, like yeah, you know, yeah. they just show it all the time. Like when you see it, you're like, oh. And then the, 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 the narration. And Joe Montana fulfilled his dream today with Dwight Clark's impossible miracle catch. I'm thinking, he's like six foot seven. It wasn't that big a deal. I mean, I, he didn't even jump. I don't think not that much. I mean, yeah. Anyway. Um, but so that, that's hard to be a buzzkill. But I don't. I find it to be an overrated moment. Sure. Of, I, I of, mean, of lore, sports lore. Yeah. Um, but it, but my point is, I guess it has to say something that you know. I didn't watch the game. I don't know, you know, I don't know the game. I don't know the backstory, but yet. Yeah. It's, oh, it, it was, you know, it's the last, you know, it's like under a minute to go. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. it won yeah. the game. It sealed the game with a, you know. So it's, yes, the moment was bigger than the actual act of it. I will tell you this. This is a good idea for another show we should, we should do. What's overrated, what's overrated sports TV moments or sports yeah. moments in history. I like interesting. that. Yeah. Or players. My God. <laughs> Where do I start? <laughs> um, and then another one I have is the, um, Stanford uh, Cal football game there, where uh, the marching band, the mar- marching band came on the field. <laughs> the game wasn't over, like you know, and just that. Yeah, I mean, we we've all seen it, right? That that celebration when he gets the end zone and he just like and he goes to like spike the ball, but also kind of I think purposefully kind of spike like a yeah, I think yeah. a trombone player or something. Yes. Just, like, yes. Bam, that was bad. Um, but you know, it was, it was that was that was incredible. You know, I I'll, I'll give you one of those um, in the same type of oeuvre. In the, in the college football world, was I'm a huge um, ding. Oh boy! University of Miami Hurricanes fan. You know, the U, and it was back in the day when Boston College was playing, and oh. Doug Flutie yeah, sure. did the miracle, the miracle yeah. bomb, yeah. the Hail Mary. Yeah. It was literally Hail Mary for a Catholic school in Boston College. <laughs> it was like so. <laughs> right. It was really just it was at the Orange Bowl, and, it was, and right. my, my, I think my brother was at the game, and I was supposed to go, but it was, it was raining. And I didn't want to go in the rain, um, but it was just. And I thought we were going to win. It's a good I, one, yeah. I thought the Hurricanes for sure. We were up by two touchdowns or more, and then all of a sudden, last ditch effort and Doug Flutie. I mean, became Doug Flutie. It became a. He became an NFL quarterback because of the, because the, of that. Yeah, because, I, and even that. I would agree with that. Right. Exactly. Like <laughs> like, how did Doug Flutie become a quarterback? I mean, I I, I could be Doug. Flutie. I mean, yeah. I mean, he was like he's my height. I mean, yeah, basically. Tiny, yeah. So anyway, so he was. Um. So that was a really really impactful moment. I remember thinking, gosh, that. That changed his life for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then I have two down here that are uh, kind of specific for me just because they're, they're pitching related. Oh, right. And um, one of them, there's really not much to talk about, but, but, but one of them is when Randy Johnson obliterated a bird. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. That was, <laughs> un- oh, my God. You know, he, he was so sad. I he could, lets yeah. go of the ball, and all of a sudden, out of, oh. you know, out of the corner of the screen, this bird comes through, and it's just, I mean, like, it just disintegrates. It just, it just <laughs> like it becomes like like yeah. It became like 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 yeah. And a I'm bomb, just, I, I'm, 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 like an I'm, atomic bomb. I, I say personally because like as a pitcher, like when I saw that, I was like, that is amazing. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> oh my God, Pete must, must not have been happy. But um, yeah. We'll, but what was we'll the, see if we're, we'll who see was if our pl- reach gets to Pete? Who too. was the player that hit, that hit was it a batter or a, a I, throw that killed a, a bird? Also, was, I think it was Toronto Blue Jays or something. If I remember correctly, I think Dave Winfield hit a bird. Dave Winfield, that's what it was. I think. Um, with a batted ball. When yeah. he played with San Diego, right? When he played with the, the, I, with I the Yankees or the... I think it was the Yankees, but yeah. maybe way off in that. I don't know. Okay. But yes, he, he, a batted ball hit a bird. Yeah, that was um, bad too. That was, yeah. yeah, I don't want to be a bird being hit by Dave with a line drive. I think. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then the, the, the second one I had, this this one this one takes the cake for me This as a what-the-fuck moment. Yeah. And this was Subway Series, Yankees versus Mets, Roger Clemens... Uh, you know, had this sort of ongoing uh, grudge, if you will, mm-hmm. um, with Mike Piazza. All right. All right, 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 right. <laughs> and he absolutely saws him off with a fastball, breaks the bat in half, and the barrel goes right. rolling towards right. Clemens. <laughs> Clemens picks it up. <laughs> Clemens fields it like it's, yeah. a, like it's a, a ball. And he it fields it and just whips it at him. Yeah. And I'm, the look... On Piazza's face, like what the actual, what the actual fuck just happened? Yeah, and I, that's exactly what I was when I was watching yeah. it, and like, you know, again, so personal for me, like as a pitcher, like you know, I kind of put myself in that moment, and I know how competitive you get, like in those moments. Yeah, and I'm just like, that is another level of competitive, like in your own world, like literally wielding a weapon at another player. What was it for me? Also, um. I watched the full. I watched every pitch of this game was, and I was just like, I remember after the seventh inning, I was just not even breathing correctly. I just could not believe it. Was when Clemens struck out, I think twenty-one Seattle Mariners mm. at Fenway. Mm-hmm. Twenty-one of twenty-seven. He literally, I, I was just, oh my god. I and it was like it was a day game. I remember a Saturday day game or something. It was like a one o'clock game, and he was just like started out. Oh, he's, 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 he struck out the side. He struck out the side again. I'm like. Huh. <laughs> he, had, he struck out two more up for, you know struck out the side I'm like what yeah. yeah like the first 12 batters like 11 were struck out I'm like what is yeah it was just like fascinating but then he gave up like three hits and struck out 21 <laughs> so, so yeah. it was just anyway it was just one of those games that was just the single most dominating performance I've ever seen and I didn't see a lot of Nolan Ryan back in the day because he was playing for Texas or whatever yep. I sure. but and I would actually I'm sure that he had uh, clearly he's had these type of games and Sandy Colfax and Bob Gibson and all right. these people before us, be- before our time. But um, but yeah, but for our era, finesse pitchers we talked about is Pedro Martinez like n- like no yeah. one else, and then power is Clemens. I mean, yeah. But then, then you have um, Dwight Gooden, right? So, yeah, incredible, right. incredible too. Yeah. Um, and then I have I have last I have two um. These are so these aren't TV moments, but I have two photographs. Like, like they were not photographs. <laughs> what? No, these oh, two, two, Im- oh, two images. Two right. images, two photographs um, that are iconic it, to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them being uh, Bobby Orr when he, you know, the the, the picture when he's like he's Superman, su- Supermaning, you know, and he's yeah. like he's literally like parallel with the ice. Yeah, um, because the, he scored the winning goal. Because right, uh, and again, like. That it's a photograph. Bobby Orr, by the way, is a Boston Bruins legend in hockey. For those who don't know who mm-hmm. it, um, him, him and Phil Esposito were the two the two man wrecking crew for the for the Bruins that were the top two you know teammates in in that era. You know, it was the New York Rangers and the, and the Canadians. They were always you know up there. But Bobby Orr was a legend in Boston. Yeah, um, but yeah, you know, it, it's a, it's another moment where like you don't even have to know the the story. Like, right. I don't, the crude shot. It's a yeah, crew. like yeah, it's just this picture, and it's everywhere. You know, yeah. it's like the like you know, if you watch any like NHL like pregame, yeah, you know, roll of footage, it's, yeah. it's always on there. And then the, the the other one would be, and again, I I don't know which fight this was, um, but the other one would be the image of Muhammad Ali stand. No, when he's when he's standing oh, yeah. over uh, the opponent, I don't know who it was. It was it was the thriller Manila. It was um was it, it was Fraser okay yeah. Uh, yeah and he's standing over him yeah. you know with, with the arm you know like this and he's just kind of like yelling at him like it's so ingrained that like if I saw like it could become a thing like if I saw someone outside like yeah. outside the window and they were you know doing this I'd be yeah. like oh they're doing the Ali right exactly <laughs> and it'd be like Howard Cosell here Muhammad Ali and when's Muhammad another Cosell. Howard Cosell um I will tell you in my um I just I just forgot one I was gonna tell you one um 
Oh my goodness, I just completely spaced on the one I'm going to tell you. Oh, yes. My, and, and, and I guess we can leave it there. Um, mine, my more recent one, not that recent, but it was, it was the second the second Olympics that Usain Bolt won the 100 meters. Mm. He won it by so much. He literally was laughing <laughs> as he goes, I remember, as yeah. he crossed the finish line. He was like, what? And meanwhile, <laughs> still broke a world record. <laughs> His own world record. It was insane. I, I mean, remember, that yeah. to me, I'm thinking, that's, that's, that's next level shit. That's like, I mean, yeah. that's not human. You know, yeah. that is, I mean, Usain Bolt was literally like, people were like, you know, you think of the struggle and, the, and the, the, the truism, the cliche of a lifetime of struggle and toil and, you know, get up at four in the morning and, and train and yep. for one moment in time to do this perfectly and you have one shot at, 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 at greatness. And he was like, yeah, not so much. <laughs> yeah, I can do this in my sleep. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember that. that. That is a good one. He's yeah. just like, Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I don't know. Can, can you believe I did this? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> exactly. All right, Jonah. Yes. Another one in the books. Another one in the books. Sports, of course, with Jonah and RPF, episode nine. Please join us on Twitter at sports underscore of course on Instagram sports of course with Jonah and RPF, and available on yagibox.com, YouTube under the, the Yagibox page. Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, and Podbean, or wherever your favorite podcast is aired. Listen, this has been an incredible, um, fun. Yeah, it was a good one. Disjointed, but yes. But fun. Maybe we should read the fine print before we do, <laughs> <laughs> do the next one. But, um, but we'll, we'll, we'll see you guys on the flip side, okay? Take care. Later. Yagibox.com.